What's up, military millionaires? I'm your host, David Perret. Today we have an exciting episode about adding value and the amazing opportunities that it can open for you with Jake Volan, who is just phenomenal. I'm super excited about this episode. If this is your first time listening, thanks for joining the community. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment. Show notes are found at frommilitarytomillionaire.com slash podcast. Now relax and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Dave from Military to Millionaire. I'm here with Jake Voland today, who is a senior uh, cadet at the Air Force Academy. And Jake and I got connected on Instagram. I, we started, we talked on the phone, um, and I, I heard a little bit about a story, and I was like, I got to get you on the show. So Jake is a uh, absolute just model of finding ways to add value and getting your way into the space uh, and not letting things get in, get in the way. So uh, Jake, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. Um, well, it's great to be here. Uh, I so it's it's Friday afternoon when everyone at the academy is like gone. They're going up to the mountains. They're going out to their sponsor houses, and I am sitting here. And after this podcast, I'm going to get started with work for the week. <laughs> I I love it. So I've been doing real estate investing basically since my sophomore year, and so I came to the academy out of high school. I'll tell you a little bit about the before side of it. So I'm from Denver. So the Academy is an hour South in Colorado Springs of Denver. Grew up with it in my backyard. I always wanted to fly. I always wanted to serve. Um, a combination of those two things I think is what led me to the Air Force Academy. Uh, it's different than I thought it was going to be, but it's been a great experience so far. I made the parachute team uh, after my freshman year here. Uh, I've absolutely loved the skydiving. Uh, I've, you know, the school, you know, believe it or not, even though I don't consider myself an academic type, uh, just like a lot of, I think people like me, like, like me and you, like entrepreneurs and real estate investors necessarily don't agree with traditional forms of education. I think it's important to learn, uh, you know, a certain level of, of academia. And, uh, it actually has helped me a lot in my real estate investing career. So, uh, the Academy has been great. I can't say enough, uh, positive things about it. I'm going to pilot training after graduation and, you know, less than two months. So I'm excited. Things are, things are good. Yeah, that's super exciting. So what got you started in real estate investing? So this is cool. Um, the Air Force Academy works like this. So after your second year at the Academy, um, the first day of classes, your two degree or your junior year, if you show up to classes, you are committed to the Air Force. Uh, and you're committed for a minimum of five years. If you go pilot, you're committed for 10 years or, you know, a little bit of extra time, but your minimum commitment is five years, right? So uh, USAA sees that commitment and they go, man, these people are going to be guaranteed jobs for five years. They are prime contenders for these personal loans. And so they give you this loan for $36,000 at 0.75% with payments deferred until post-graduation. So you don't make a single payment on that $36,000 uh, until you graduate, you know, we only make an $800, you know, between five and $800 stipend at the Academy each month. And obviously we're going to school for free. So not, not complaining or anything, but you know, paying a five or $600 a month 
payment on that loan would be kind of challenging, but you know, the, the loan is so cheap. It's the cheapest money you'll ever get. Right. I mean, yeah. What other loans can you get at 0.75? No, absolutely. Right. So you take it. Right. And so I, I took the loan out and I was just, I don't know, this was in 2017. And this just shows how long this like fear about the economic cycle, like where we are in it has been going on. Right. But I was scared about where the stock market was. And I was like, I don't know if I feel comfortable putting my money in. So I, I maxed out my Roth IRA and we're not eligible for the TSP. I don't think maybe you are, but I, I, I wasn't aware of it at the time. And so I was like, I have all this money and I don't know what to do with it. So I inadvertently, I didn't know anything about actually buying real estate yet, but I knew that buying real estate made sense. And because Colorado Springs at the time was a decent market to buy in, I was like, I want to go buy a duplex. And I think the down payment, the cheapest down payment I could possibly find on a property that wasn't like in a war zone was about a hundred grand. So I inadvertently syndicated the deal because I went to a couple buddies I said, Hey, you guys want to go in on this down payment together and uh, go buy some real estate. So I ended up raising about $200,000 between me and my friends, all of us totally clueless. None of us really knowing what to do with our money in the first place. And I told them, I said, listen, like, I don't know how this deal is going to go. I hope it goes well. And you know, I'd started educating myself more on it. But I said, if it doesn't go well, like you guys have my word as a friend that like, I will do everything I can to pay you guys back. Like, this, this, no matter what, will be like a growth opportunity for our friendship in the first place. And nobody put so much money in. It was a whole bunch of people. Nobody put so much money in that our friendship was going to be destroyed if the, the, the deals fell through, which they ended up, some of them, you know, we put the money across a couple of different investments. Some of them did fall through. And I, st you know, I stayed true to my word and I didn't take any distributions that year, even though we had cash flow distributions, I didn't take any distributions because I wanted to offset some of the losses that we had taken. So, so that's how I got started. That's actually really cool. Uh, I mean, I wish I had 30 grand laying around, not, not laying around, but you know, like I wish I had yeah. had money and friends at the same time. Uh, it seems like I have one or they have one and it's never been around at the same time to be like, Hey, let's go do that. Uh, so that's a really cool way to get. Yeah, I saw the I saw the opportunity. Money. A lot of cadets will take that money and they'll go buy like a Camaro. Like some people, they, it's called like it's nicknamed like the cadet loan. Some yeah. people call it the Corvette loan because <laughs> people will go buy like really nice cars or you know put twenty five percent interest car. You know, it's just like ridiculous. Um, I knew I did not want to do that, and I also didn't want to like take out a loan and then let it sit in a bank account that was making less than point seven five percent, and just. You know, I, I knew I needed to put it to work. So it was like a, it was a good setup. Yeah. That's awesome. That's super cool. All right. So from there you have eventually moved into large scale syndications, apartment complexes and everything like that. What was the next step? Like what made you decide to jump into that? Hmm. Good question. So I started reading a lot of books. So I, I did, I didn't know it at the time, but I skipped the whole period of analysis paralysis that I think a lot of people get stuck in, right? They like do. a lot of people will start with the books, they'll start with the podcast, they'll start with the content, and they will um, work really, really hard to make sure that they're 100% ready before they ever put a dollar down. And I don't think that's a bad strategy necessarily. Like I definitely, in hindsight, would have loved to put more time into uh, studying it. I'm not saying I didn't put any, like I read, a, I read a whole bunch of books. Um, I, you know, I started on bigger pockets. I, I had a relatively active presence before I bought my first piece of real estate, but 
I didn't, I definitely didn't spend as much time as a lot of people do. So, uh, the, the, you know, for me, I got the hardest part out of the way, which was taking that first piece of action. Um, and then what ended up happening was I knew immediately that single family homes were not what I wanted to get stuck in because the scale was, was challenging for me because the reasons that I got into, into real estate in the first place, um, my goals didn't align with really, I think what was possible with single family. And so I found out that multifamily existed. I started getting into different multifamily resources and I, I realized like that's where I want to kind of head towards. So that, so I ended up, I ended up getting into a program. I bought a course so up to that point. I hadn't paid for a course. So I paid for a course. I took Michael Blanc's ultimate guide course, which fantastic course. I finished all however many hours in like one night. I basically just binge watched the whole thing. I thought it was awesome. And, and that kind of kickstarted my multifamily career. I'd say. To the ultimate guide. Write my notes down. No worries. Yeah. I, yeah. I definitely link it to the notes. I'll, 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 I owe a lot to Michael and to a lot of people, but Michael for sure. He's, he's put a lot of faith into me um, and I definitely would not be where I am without that dude. So, so yeah, happy to pitch his, his course. Yeah. All right. So exciting stuff. What happened next? Okay. So I got access. So, okay. So really quickly, I want to take a more strategic level discussion about this because this is where things started to, this is where things started to get frustrating for me. And, um, like you know the main thing is basically like when i was you know this is only this is about two and a half two two and a half years ago right so i um well actually it started about two and a half years ago but this like really is beginning about a year and a half ago right so i'm like a junior in college yeah so i'm really young i have really no experience because a duplex when you're talking to people who buy hundreds of units at a time isn't worth anything right (laughs) so i have no experience I'm very young and as a whole, it's just like, I have all these things that are seen as disadvantages kind of working towards me. Right. So I, Oh, and not, you know, not to mention I have no money, right. Which is everybody's problem. I had no money. So not only was I worthless as a, you know, operator, but I couldn't even be a passive investor. So I was totally worthless to these people. So what I decided to do was, um, figure out something that I was good at, right? Like I refuse to take this defeatist mentality that I have to wait 10, 15 more years until I have more age and experience under my belt before people take me seriously. I was like, I'm going to find something. Right. And I just remember thinking like, and I don't mean to insult anyone who's listening to this, that's on the older side, but I remember thinking like all these, you know, rich old people who are, you know, been doing real estate the same way for 30 years or whatever. A lot of them are kind of, not fantastic with technology. And one of the places that I saw, you know, my skills potentially being valuable was like, you know, if I could become really good at analyzing real estate, like finding my niche and analyzing real estate, I think that I'll be able to add value to these different um, operators. And that's exactly what I did. I basically took this course that showed you how to basically analyze a deal. It came with a spreadsheet that was basically a fully built out, totally usable, uh, spreadsheet called the syndicated deal analyzer. And I just like started getting to work on it. I mean, I underwrote probably five deals a day. I mean, I, I would come back from classes at like three or four, you know, get done with everything. And by the time, you know, it's all said and done, 
you know, I'm done with my day at like 9.30 or 10 o'clock. And then that's when my real estate started. And I would stay up routinely, like my entire junior year, I'd stay up routinely until three o'clock in the morning, just analyzing deal after deal after deal. Deals that I would never be able to buy, that would never make sense numerically, but I was just getting the muscle memory down. And it was very, you know, it's challenging to convince yourself that it's worth it. Yeah. Because I wasn't making any money and I wasn't seeing any progress. It was getting kind of frustrating. But I said to myself, like, this is like the strategy that you decided to attack. You're going to stick with the strategy until you get feedback on if it's working or not. And I was like, you can't make this decision, you know, getting frustrated after a week or two of doing it. You need to stick with it. So I ended up sticking with it for like three months. And um, I was a part of this mastermind group where people had put in their underwriting and I ended up getting a name for myself, uh, you know, being somebody that people could submit their underwriting to this mastermind. And... Uh, they would get feedback from me on it. And I had never done a deal, right? I had never, I don't have any experience. I'm young, all these things that were disadvantages. And yet I was the only person who would routinely give back and off my own time for free to give people advice on their, on their deals. I ended up catching the attention of Michael Blanc, who was the, he ran the mastermind and the guy ended up offering me a job as you know it was like an hourly job it, i wasn't getting any equity i was only making like 20 bucks an hour right and the more you know the better i got at underwriting the less money i made because i was underwriting faster than ever so <laughs> so you know it was, a, it was a whatever setup right but i finally started making a little bit of money and i started to see things starting to pay off a little bit and so i started you know i i felt like holy smokes like i'm starting to feel like a little bit of traction so that I, that's where, that's what I would say came next after the duplex was honing in my underwriting skills and then doing it for free for a while. Underwriting and underwriting is a, you know, an extremely sexy and exciting job that everybody just drools over doing. So I'm sure you had a ton of competition. Yeah, exactly. No, I <laughs> know nobody, nobody wanted to do it. And so that, you know, like, listen, like, I thought I was like thinking, I was like, everybody's selling a course. Everybody is involved. You know, there's so many, this place is so saturated. How am I going to find a problem to solve? Right. Cause the only way that I think you, I think you said it right. Or, I mean, I've heard it, you know, whether it was from you or through the community that you get paid in proportion to the problems you solve. Right. That's an Elon Musk quote. And it's yeah. a great one. Yeah, it's a great quote, right? So I'm sitting here thinking like, I want to start making some money. And I, you know, at, at least seeing some, you know, or making some connections or anything, right? I was just like, I want to start solving some problems. And all the problems I was solving were very simple. So I was sitting there thinking, gosh, what, pro what big problems can I go out there and solve? Because it felt like everything had been solved already. Everyone was out there attacking and monetizing every aspect of the business. And then I saw the easiest one was right in front of my eyes. Like, Nobody was providing value to other new investors for free. And by me looking at dozens and dozens and dozens of deals every week, I had picked up a lot of rules of thumb and underwriting techniques and uh, strategies and different ways to model things and baselines that, you know, expedited my underwriting, you know, significantly. And all of a sudden I had this problem that I could solve and eventually that's what got me the eye of, you know, obviously a very powerful educator and syndicator. Yeah. Which is just, I mean, that in itself is incredible that you got the attention of somebody like him 
and you were able to, I mean, really to get hired, like not go looking for a job, but to just get hired because you were already adding value, which is awesome. Um, but that's not where it stops, which is where this gets really crazy. And that's why this is so cool because yeah. like I talk to people all the time and you'll hear guys like Brandon Turner and David Green and people who, you know, on these podcasts talking about adding value um, and that, that dreaded word mentor, right? They're like, yeah. you know, <laughs> people are like, all right, great. You want to come be a mentor? Awesome. But, uh, you know, so does everybody else. How are you getting that your foot in the door, um, the adding value thing? So I, uh, I'm, I'm similar in a lot of ways. I, I have not had uh, the success that we're about to hear about, but I, you know, I, I found a deal at one point and I could have, you know, bird dogged it to someone for uh, 10 grand. And I said, Hey, you know what? Hey, if you give me two grand and let me just tag along and learn through the whole house flip process, um, you know, you get it for dirt cheap. Um, and I ended up doing that and it, it was great. Uh, and I like doing things like that. I'd rather, you know, drag people around in the car and show them how to drive for dollars than just say, Hey, look, this is what, you would do. Um, it's just more fun for me. You get more of a story and, and to get in the nitty gritty. Uh, mm-hmm. That being said, the way you proceeded to add value and some of the stuff that's come from it is awesome. And that's what's so cool about this. So I'm eager for you to share the kind of some of the next stuff that came from this. Yeah. Well, okay. So this is, yeah, you're right. This is, I guess, where it starts to kind of take off a little bit. Cause at this point I haven't received any real equity in these bigger deals. I'm just like watching a lot of people make a lot of money and I'm just kind of sitting there on the sidelines. Um, I want to preface this by saying, because I don't want you to blow me up too much. Like I'm a very, like I'm a literally a 2.0 student at the Academy. So I'm not a fantastic student. I'm a management major at the Academy. So you know, we do our STEM classes, you know, I've, I've taken a lot of different technical classes, but you know, a lot of my classes have been, you know, in fuzzy subjects. They haven't been in, you know, so I'm not, I'm not the smartest guy in the world is what I'm trying to say. Um, but if I don't know the answer to a question, I look it up. You know, I don't, I don't just immediately go to someone and ask them, you know, Hey, do you know this? I'll, I'll look it up in this business. Right. So if I don't know how to like do something in Microsoft Excel, I'm not just going to not learn it. Like, I will look it up and I will learn it. And I, and I just basically did that and I brute forced my way through the basics. Um, and that, and that's really where I gained all these skills. So I, I just want to let everyone know that like, this is, you know, I'm not special at all. Like there are a lot of really special dudes at the Academy, you know, guys and girls at the Academy and across the whole military, the people who just get it right. The people who just pick it up like that. Not one of those people. Uh, so so i hope that like (laughs) inspires you because if you're not one of those people like it's possible so uh what ended up happening was after working for michael i he this is pretty recently actually this is not that long ago this is like a couple so all of really the big successes that i've had have happened in 2019 right uh so i had been trying to source deals uh, to bring as a you know joint venture partner to these bigger companies that brought on students and basically offer them a percentage of the general partnership in exchange for you know certain parata aspects of their uh, acquisition process. So for example, if you you know if you brought the earnest money to the deal, you got five percent of the general partnership, and if you did the due diligence, you got five percent, and if you helped out with the ongoing asset management, you got got your share of twenty percent of the general partnership, and if you raised money, you got thirty percent of the general partnership and so on. Right. So I was trying to make some money doing that stuff, but I was, I wasn't making any money. I wasn't finding any deals. I wasn't, you know, I was underwriting deals, but underwriting deals doesn't really, you know, fall into any of that percentage. No one ever pays you for that. So 
uh, I was starting to get pretty frustrated. I had been, you know, I'd come really close, got best and final on a couple of really big, really, really big deals. And I was like, gosh, man, these deals, if they happen, they change my life. Right. And of course now in hindsight, I know like it wouldn't have, you know, it's just, you know, it's not one deal that changes everything. It's the summation of all of the efforts that you put in across time. Um, but this was, you know, mid late 2018, Michael Blanc offered to fly me out to a conference. I was going to help out with some technical support uh, for people at his financial freedom summit. Uh, at that conference, I met a ton of people and I had no idea the power of networking. I mean, I had met a bunch of people online, but until you sit down, have a couple of drinks with someone or, you know, sit down over a cup of coffee or get to know their story and just talk and, you know, shoot the, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on your show or Absolutely. Not, go for it. We're military. Great. So if you shoot the <laughs> shit with someone and you, you realize you're connecting, you're much more like, you're way more likely to do, you know, business with those people. Absolutely. Um, I met a Navy SEAL. Fantastic dude. Uh, we still stay in touch. So, and you know, like this is like a Navy SEAL talking to a cadet. Why would he ever, like, why would we ever see eye to eye? But we liked each other. We both saw like the value that we could add to each other. I mean, it just worked. Right. So I met all these people. I met, the right people. And I ended up getting put in touch with a company that I now do full-time, well, full-time, right? I do basically any deal that goes through their pipeline. I am the point guy for their underwriting. Uh, the guy in charge of the company, his name is Daniel Woodford. He's prior Air Force uh, Lieutenant Colonel. He's a space officer. He has a fantastic career before him. You know, he moved into multifamily. He's been exceptionally successful. And he took me under his wing, you know, like the guy, he, me and him, we got along and he had been doing all the underwriting for his company until then. But that's a busy job. Uh, you know, his company, Mission Bay Capital Partners, you know, portfolio size is over $80 million. They have a thousand plus units. They're on a serious uh, acquisition streak right now, you know, buying off market deals, doing, but they need somebody to be in charge of underwriting the deals because managing a portfolio that size and raising that kind of money and, you know, managing everything, it's just tough to do. So I ended up getting put into that slot and we set up a fantastic deal where every deal that goes through their pipeline, regardless of how much or how little work I do on it, I get a percentage of the equity and I get a fair share of the, uh, if there's an acquisition fee, I get an acquisition fee. Um, but most importantly, I am CC'd on every email they send. And I cannot tell you the value of that. I mean, it like every, every uh, email I get in my inbox is like a seminar, <laughs> you know, something I didn't know, or I didn't know that's how you do that. Or I didn't know, I would have never phrased it. Like, you know, it's amazing. I mean, you, I feel like when I, I could go through my inbox and look at email chains from these guys that are doing these big deals and, you know, I'm, I'm doing my fair share of the work. It's definitely not easy work, um, but it's not sexy work for sure. But I'm, I, I have an inside look at, you know, this amazing ecosystem that I never knew even existed, right? No amount of online courses can teach you the intricacies of really human relationships because that's a, what a lot of real estate investing is. There's a lot of relationship building in it, so. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a huge team sport. And you're right about the networking. Uh, you know, so many, so many people, they hear it and they think it, whatever. And I'm like, dude, just show up at a meetup. Like you don't have to know the first thing about real estate, but if you start getting to know the right people, 
uh, I, you know, I've always had this phrase. I've always had like, just be the right person and show up in the right place and, and it'll, and things will work out for you. And you know, that's kind of my thing as far as like finding a way to be a person worth knowing and add value. And all of a sudden you'll connect with the right people. And it's amazing what'll happen with that. Networking has been huge for me throughout life. Uh, and it's just cool to hear how you showed up to one event and made just the right connections. I also really like what you said about being CC'd on emails. I think that shows a lot as far as uh, your character and kind of what your future holds is the fact that getting a chunk of the pie was great, but that's not the most important part to you. Oh, it didn't matter at all. I mean, I knew, I knew before I received my first check from these guys that it was going to be different with them. Not that working with Michael had been bad or working with any of the other investors that I'd been working with up to that point had been bad because it hadn't been. It was all, you know, building blocks a part of my process. But as soon as I started working with Daniel and Christine Jefferson and these different members of, of Mission Bay, as soon as I started working with them, I saw that something was going to be different. Like they answered strategic questions for me. Like I could, I could ask them questions like, hey, like, why are we doing this like this? You know, questions that were waste of their time probably, right? And things they probably shouldn't have needed to explain, but I, I asked them. And instead of, you know, kind of like making me feel, they, they encourage these questions. They want me to be a powerful you know, educated, knowledgeable member of their team. And I just can't tell you how valuable that is. I mean, I really feel it. And again, all of the equity that I've received as a multifamily investor has been with this group. And it's because they, they've taken really good care of me. And I think it goes to show, you know, like, you know, these, these guys take real good care of me when it comes to, uh, you know, bringing me along, treating me like a partner, right? Because that's, what they call me, you know, they have my pictures on the website, they, they have all the, all these things going for me. They treat me like a partner and they expect a lot from me. Right. And so in, in return, because I'm treated like an adult, which doesn't happen much when you're 20 years old, uh, you know, I work you a lot harder. It. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I work harder. And what's cool is that everything you learned and did in this process, they're, they're skills that you can continue to hone, continue to get better at, and you're not going to, it's not something that's going to get outdated, right? Like, you know, the technology side, you know, the underwriting, you know, the ins and outs of the deal. Now you understand networking. And now, and this is probably the, like the capstone to this pillar of growth is now you have credibility, right? And that's, you had credibility, but now, now it's not, Hey, look, I've been analyzing these deals and I'm good at it. Now it's, I've been partnered on a couple hundred units with this huge company out here. And I've done all their, all their underwriting and it's like, it all just comes together to be this, like you're set, right? Not set. And I don't want to say that like, you could just quit, you know, right, right, um, right. but like you're, you're not 30. You're not, I mean, you're young and you have so much going for you already that my peers, um, by the way, I'm not 30 yet either. So I love it. Uh, but, uh, you know, my peers and, those a few years older than me, uh, I have so many friends that still haven't figured out the, like, Hey, just add value. Like that's it. If you, uh, like the quote you said earlier, you get paid in proportion to the size of the problems you solve. That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. And so just in case it was in case it was lost in the story, which I want to make sure that the story, like I'm not trying to like come on the show just to like tug myself. Right. Like I want there to be, Oh no, I dragged you on here because I wanted you to do that. Yeah. I think this story is awesome. And and 10 years from now, when you're like a household name with 50 books, I want to be like, I know that guy. 
Yeah, I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> um, but, you know, in case it was muddied through the story, I really want, like, if there's one thing that I want taken away from, like, the show is age, experience, and uh, age and experience mostly in money, if you want to throw that in, age, experience, and money. If you lack on all three of those, which most young people are, you know, even if you're just getting started right, um, if you see those things as a disadvantage, then your mentality is going to be what holds you back. It's not going to be your age. It's not going to be your experience and it's not going to be the money. It's your, it's your, your attitude that's going to hold you back. Because in my opinion, the biggest advantages I have had are my age, my experience and the lack of money. I tell people, Hey, like this is my sales pitch on myself. All right. So this is how I sell myself. I say, listen, I know that I'm 20 years old. And I know that you probably don't want to, you know, take me all that seriously. And listen, I, I totally get that. Like you probably didn't make your money by listening to 20 year olds either. So I, I, I don't blame you at all. And to prove to you how serious I am about wanting to get in on this, I also don't want to make any money. And let me tell you, like I, I live off of less than, you know, $9,000 a year. So I'm not making a lot of money. You know, I wouldn't, I'm not a, I'm not a rich dude. So, you know, I'm not asking for anything. I don't want you to pay me with equity. I don't want you to, like, all I'm asking is for your time. And I promise that I'll make it valuable. And so if you show people like you're eager and you're excited, they want to help out younger people and younger, as I found does not, is not limited to 20 year olds. I mean, younger, if you're 70 or 60 or 70 and you own a bunch of real estate, anyone below you is considered younger. And so it's not too late to get started. Um, I've talked to a bunch of people about that. So you need to see your age and your experience as, and money, you need to see all of that as your biggest advantages if you want to get started and use yeah. them as your advantages. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, can you imagine like if I'd started learning about how to network and invest in real estate when I was like 15? I mean, that's just, you know, people, people shun the idea, but I mean, there's people who hit me up on Instagram that are like 17 asking questions and you're like, Man, and that's awesome. If you stick with this, you are going to be so successful. Super cool. I did not. I blew all my money on Harleys. I love that. I, I had a Ninja 650 in high school and it nice. was so dangerous. I can't oh, believe so <laughs> letting an 18 year old have access to a, a big old sport bike. But <laughs> so, uh, the one thing that worries me that I, that I've noticed a lot is um, a lot of people I think want to make money for, I, I'm not saying there's a right and a wrong reason to make money. Right. So I don't want to sound preachy in that sense, but I do think that a lot of people want to get started in real estate, um, for potentially the wrong reasons. You know, they have the, the Grant Cardone, you know, yachts and mega conferences and smoking hot wives, you know, whatever they have all this stuff <laughs> in mind and they think that real estate will be the vessel towards that right and i have not met a single person who's successful like seriously successful in real estate that lives the sunset and palm trees lifestyle like people just they're hard workers they're grinders they're hustlers they yeah they vacation and they live like higher quality lives for sure but they work like, these guys are hard workers and so sometimes you know i i know people that definitely 
I, I know them, right? I know they're my friends, right? And they asked me, how do you get started? And I'm just like, you know, man, maybe this form of real estate investing is not for you, but being a potentially, you know, once you start saving up enough money, being a passive investor is, is totally the way for you, right? Because you're still going to get those 15% returns that you're hoping to get, but you're not going to have to worry about all the stuff on the backside, which, you know, again, not, not to knock on courses or anything, but courses make buying real estate sound like it's a lot easier than it is. There is a lot that goes into acquiring a piece of property and even more so that goes into managing it, managing it lean and well, right? So you got to be in it because you really want to do it. You got to be in it because you're committed to the lifestyle that it entails. And, and yeah, the money will come. I think, I think that for most people, the money comes, but you got to be ready to put in some sweat equity with very little, if any reward for at least a couple months, if not years. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, cool thing. Uh, and you mentioned this, and I'm sure this, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say that this isn't your thought. I'm sure you've had this thought, but this is my thought. So I'm the asshole, not him. Um, that those friends of yours who are asking about this, that you just know aren't necessarily cut out for investing mm-hmm. when you're ready to syndicate your own deal. You have a melting pot of friends who have, who will have for the next five to 10 years, solid jobs where they can afford to invest. So you've got, I'm sure there's like this little black book of like, Jimmy wants to invest his money. No, and if there's not, you know, I, I, that's how I would be thinking. Like, you know, I, I wish that I'd thought about this sooner when I had friends like, can you imagine what I could have done if I'd known about real estate and been thinking yeah. about this when all my buddies came back with 15,000 a piece from a deployment that is just sitting in a savings account? Like we all bought cars, tattoos, Harleys and booze which is great. Uh, but like none of it's left, but the tattoo. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that if you run your business responsibly and again, this is a business, right? So investing in real estate, investing is a business hundred percent. So if you run your business, uh, with, with a mission and with vision and part of your mission is to, um, help your friends and help your family and help your network, uh, create and sustain long-term wealth, which is totally doable in real estate, right? It, it is the vessel that does that. It is the investment that, that make that, that is, you know, that makes that a reality. So if you as a private, you know, security sourcer can bring investments that make a difference to your friends and family, I think you are not only, you know, potentially, you know, making money from the deal, right? Hopefully you're purchasing an asset that's going to make you some money, but you're also doing a service for the people that you love and that you care for. And if you treat your business with the respect that it deserves, if you work at it and you perfect it and you take it seriously, then you can know, you know, in good faith that you're doing a good service and you're doing good by your word. And I think if you attack the business from that perspective, raising money no longer becomes an issue no because i am seeing how mission bay raises money and i'm seeing how a lot of like um fundraisers which are becoming a huge part of the 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 industry people who are they don't do anything except for raise money for deals so they they find people who are making deals happen and they connect the deals to the private equity sources you know the doctors and the lawyers and the post-deployment folks like they, they connect them right they're professional money brokers. And, um, you know, these people, I'll tell you, I I know a couple who are very successful 
like guys who could raise a you know couple million dollars in a day. I mean, it's ridiculous. Some of these people are very well connected, right? Yeah. And the one thing they all have in common is every time they go to an investor and they say, Hey, I got a deal for you. They believe in that deal and they know that deal inside and out and they've done their due diligence and they feel comfortable bringing it to someone because they know that they're doing that person a service. They're not seeing it as a, as a, as a, uh, scheme or a scam or you know whatever like they're seeing it as a legitimate respectable business and they feel proud to be a part of that so it takes some time to get there though you know so take yeah. some time i think that's all part of the the having your why right you know if you if you know what you're doing and why you're doing it and and you believe in it yeah absolutely that's huge and yeah i always I always joke with people because people the the money thing is like the number one reason I don't even want to say reason. Number one excuse for why people don't start dealing with real estate, you know, Oh, I don't have any money. Like dude, find a deal. If you find a deal, everything else can fall into place. If you don't know anything about the deal other than that, it's a deal. You can find someone to buy it or you can find a way to wholesale it or you can find, I mean, it, it all just comes together. That's the hardest part. And yeah, that, you know, and that's the ironically the cheapest part too. Like it's not, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's not hard to find a deal, but it doesn't cost there's a lot not, of money to find a right. deal. Right. Well, there's, there's an opportunity cost, right? So, but for military members, luckily we don't really have to deal with it as much. I don't think, um, again, so I'm a cadet, not, I'm, I'm technically uh, active duty, right? But I'm a student, right? I mean, we, I'm in a different part of the military than you are and probably a different part than a lot of people who listen to your show. By the way, you have like over 10,000 followers, right? On uh, Instagram, it just hit 11, which is kind of cool. Congratu I saw that. Congratulations. Yeah, it's, it's getting Man, there. You have, you have grown your page so much in the last year. It blows my mind. You you are the reason my why I, that I decided to start doing it myself. I was like, you know what? He said, he said just do it. Like, stop getting stuck in the, in the thinking about it and just do it. And so I, I took the plunge too. That's um, awesome. But uh, what, what I was going to say was, you know, the thing about the military is like, no matter how much work you do or don't do after hours, uh, you're still going to make your, your W2 income. You're still going to get paid, right? Hopefully you're still doing your job in the military. But if you can take like three or four hours extra out of your day, which I think for most people is pretty doable. And even if you don't do it all at one, you know, consist consistently, if you like dedicate like half of your day on Sunday to doing it, um, just like educating yourself or like taking things a little bit more seriously, man, at the beginning, the difference, the, the growth is just exponential. You just like take off because you start to read more and learn more and you're like, God, God, I could do this. I could totally fucking do this. And all I need to do is just work a little bit more and a little bit more. And eventually that little bit more turns into a ton. And before you know it, you're, you're out and off to the races and you're just like, you, you don't know how, how long it'll take, but it's only a matter of time before you get that first deal. Once you get that first deal, the second one comes a lot easier and then the third and the fourth. And I don't know why it works like that, but that's how it works. I mean, like once you get that train rolling, like, yeah, it's exponential. Yeah. It's huge, man. Um, I don't think we got to like any of my normal questions cause your story yeah, is yeah, I'm awesome. sorry about that. <laughs> no, I totally don't care. Uh, most of these questions people don't care about anyway. So this might be the most watched video and then I'll know I need to change my questions. Um, no, so, okay, so I do want to ask you though, uh, since you've been around the educational side a little bit, like 
you already shouted out Michael Blanc's course, so I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to put that in here. But what's another resource you might recommend? Um, if you're not listening to podcasts, you are fucking up big time. Mm. So I, it blows my mind. Like when I talk to my dad, right? So my dad's a dinosaur and he, and, and not, yeah, I'm just kidding. But he, my dad is a super smart guy and, uh, you know, he's, he's a doctor, right? So my dad tells me about how he learns, right? And my, you know, he knows something about everything. He's one of those guys, right? And I remember like asking him, like, how did you learn so much? Like, you know, you, you, uh, you know, you, you just know something about everything. How do you do that? Like, how'd you become like such a mini expert? And his answer is books. He read a lot of books and that's great. And so I think books are great, but if you podcasts are literally like as a generation, we have access to a library of some of the most prolific thought leaders in any subject you can possibly imagine. And all you have to do is listen. Yeah. Not the read. You know, you, you can listen in the car instead of listening to music. You can listen to podcasts when you're doing your cardio. You can do it. I mean, when you're, when you, if you go on walks, whatever. I mean, like whenever you have downtime, you can listen to it. And to me, the most growth I've gotten by far are podcasts. So the podcasts that I like um, that have to do with real estate are Kevin Bupp's podcast. I can't remember the name of it right now, but I mean, I just know Kevin Bump, right? He shows up in my feed. I subscribed and Kathy Fetke show. So Kathy Fetke does a show where she talks about, you know, the real estate industry, five minutes a day, very quick, very succinct. It's awesome. Kevin Bump, dude interviews people about all kinds of real estate, opens up your eyes. I mean, his show is a launch pad. You know what I mean? Like he goes perfectly in depth on the, with his guests and then it sends you in a different direction. You can look up on YouTube or whatever. So I think podcasts are by far the, the best resource out there. By far. Yeah. I, I would agree with you. I think podcasts are awesome. Um, and not just because I have one now. But, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I listened to probably the first 150 podcasts on Bigger Pockets when I first started real estate investing. I just like, one after the next. And I was convinced I was going to catch up. But, you know, sometimes there were weeks I wouldn't listen to one and they would have like one come out and then I'd be like, well, now I'm behind. And there's so many of them. I don't think I'm ever. But you don't even feel like that, right? Like it's your journey. Like you listen to it, how you listen to it. And if you get behind, like whatever. Yeah. I get sidetracked. I end up on Jocko Willing and then Tim Ferriss and then back. Man, yeah, I, I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan. I love Joe Rogan. I think yeah. Oh, man, but you will never catch up on his podcast. You could listen to his podcast 24 hours a day and only finish like three episodes a day. Yeah, exactly. That man's podcast, like his podcast is like a, a workout, a work day. Yeah, totally. I hear you. I love it. I love it. One more thing about um, Bigger Pockets, because th- I, I spend a lot of time on Bigger Pockets. A mentor of mine uh, by the name of Greg Scott, I met him on Bigger Pockets. Fantastic dude. Uh, investor in Michigan. And I, and I, he told me something about bigger pockets that I, that has resonated with me. And I think it saved me from a lot of advice that maybe isn't so great. So bigger pockets in the forums is kind of like a flea market. So there, people are selling you, you know, dog shit next to fantastic artisan pieces. And you just got to be able to discern the difference between the two, right? You need to be able to see when you know where good information is and where bad information is because there's really good content out there there are some people who it blows my mind how they post so much and say so many great things about investing and then someone will say something that is so 
comically dangerous in terms of advice that you know you just have to be on the lookout for it so if you're on bigger pockets just know that like the good content is for sure exists so does the other side of things yeah yeah absolutely gotta make sure you filter that's cool um i appreciate you uh throwing that out there all right so before we wrap anything wrap this up is there anything else you'd like to add any last thoughts no, man, unless you got any questions, but no, I, I, it's been great to be on the show. I can't think of any. I mean, the biggest point in this whole thing is like, don't let anything stop you. Just find a way to add value, and solve problems. Just yeah. Huge. I think that sounds about right. Yeah. And I think like on your, uh, I think you were uh, before the show, you're talking about like advice to an E1 or E2. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that again, like, you know, I am the age, right. I'm that same age frame so it's a little strange to give advice but again like i was saying like it's not my advice this is advice that i've picked up and i'm just transferring on uh a huge piece of advice is um you are you're really not entitled to any of this um and i think that you know you a lot of this is luck right i was very lucky to make the connections i've made and i think that a lot of people who have been successful i think they'd say like there was an element of luck at the beginning but you got to make your own, you got to create your own destiny, right? Like if you just sit on your hands and you know, if you're, if you're out there and you're just like finding excuses to not get started or, you know, you're thinking that like, you know, maybe you're just not cut out for it then maybe that's true. But until you like give it a solid effort, like you, you won't know. And it's not going to fall into your lap. Like you're not entitled to anything. Anything you get in this is going to come because you worked at it. So my encouragement is like find someone to help, you know, keep you accountable. You don't need to look for mentors necessarily. Find an accountability partner. Find somebody who's going to check in with you, hold you to your goals, hold you to what you say. And that'll, uh, you know, keep you chugging, you know, chugging along. Cause that's really what this is all about. Like I said, it's a whole bunch of, of different things that you do that, combine and add into this bigger picture that hopefully leads in the right direction. And I firmly believe that anyone could do real estate investing if you work hard enough at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. And, and it is, it's, it's hard work, but it's fun work. So especially if you like numbers. So yeah. Yeah. It's weird how that works. <laughs> All right. Hey, where can people get a hold of you? If you want to reach out. Okay. So you can reach out to, uh, my email, I'll give you my personal email. Uh, it's volan underscore Jake at yahoo.com. I know I'm still on Yahoo. Uh, it, again, that's volan, V-O-L-I-N underscore Jake at yahoo.com. And I also am now on Instagram. I just started a podcast that is going to be aimed at developing uh, financial literacy amongst young adults because I just think that it is such a huge problem. Real estate is great, right? But most people don't really – care like pe most people are like that my i've been talking to don't know how to set a budget don't know how to track their net worth or whatever so i'm on instagram at the jake bolin podcast so if you look up the jake bolin podcast i'll be talking about a lot of those things so those are the two ways that you can get in touch with me right now and i and i answer to everyone right so if you want if you reach out i'll, I'll get back to you i'll make sure i tag the uh podcast in there that is cool. Super cool. Congrats on getting started with that. Right That's on. Exciting. Yeah, not it's, it's nowhere near yours yet. Eh, mine's just for fun. The best part of having a podcast, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to ruin it for everyone else. Um, 
Yeah, some people have podcasts because they want to get like sponsored and earn a little extra income and market and get to know people. And the networking part's great. The best part of having a podcast though is that I get to have a one-on-one with people and ask them the questions that I want to know the answers to. So, you know, sometimes you listen to a podcast and someone's saying stuff and you're like, oh man, I wonder how he did that. Like there's just that one piece and no one asks the question you never hear. Right. I don't have to worry about that. I get to ask the question. So that's like my favorite part is that I get to talk to people and then whenever something pops in my head, I'm like, oh, I get to ask that question right now. And as long as they don't tell me to go to hell, I will get an answer. Right on. So yeah, I hear you. Interviewing people is a tough skill, by the way. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I just like, oh, you're, you're killing it. <laughs> so. Awesome. Right. Well, hey, Jake, thanks very much for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. I look forward to keeping in touch. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from military to millionaire.com slash podcast. Subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we would love it if you would rate the show and give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.